Good morning. Welcome to Church of the Palms. My name is Jan Gilbert, and I serve as a shepherding deacon in our congregation. This is the day the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. As we prepare for worship, let us bow our heads in prayer. God of love, as in Jesus Christ you gave yourself to us, may we give ourselves to you, living according to your holy will. Keep our feet firmly in the way where Christ leads us. Make our mouths speak the truth that Christ teaches us. Fill our bodies with the life that is Christ within us. In his holy name we pray. Amen. Now, as we worship together, may our hearts receive his Holy Spirit, our ears listen to his word, and our voices be raised in praise to the glory of God.
to worship. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good as long as you shall live. Let us worship God.
Our God is merciful and compassionate. He is slow to anger and filled with unfailing love. He is close to all who call on him in truth, listening to our cries for help and offering us salvation. So let us bring our confessions to God, knowing he will hear our prayers and forgive. Let us pray. God of mercy, you sent Jesus Christ to seek and save the lost. We confess that we have strayed from you and turned aside from your way. We are misled by pride, for we see ourselves pure when we are stained and great when we are small. We have failed in love, neglected justice, and ignored your truth. Have mercy, O God, and forgive our sin. Return us to paths of righteousness through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Hear and believe the promise of the gospel. By the grace of Jesus Christ, our sins are forgiven. The poor and lowly are lifted up, and the hungry are filled with good things. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. And now with believers in Jesus Christ across the globe and down through the ages, let us boldly state what we believe using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now let us greet each other um, in the love of Christ with sensitivity to um, the fact that we still have a few sicknesses running around.
We've had that entrance. <laughs> Good, morning. Good morning. Welcome to worship here at Church of the Palms. We're congratulations. You set your clocks up an hour. I tell you, aren't you so proud of yourselves? I'll tell you, don't be smug when you greet people going out, coming in for the <laughs> nine o'clock service at ten o'clock. Just you know, be humble. It is so good to have you here an hour early, and we're thankful to be gathered up by the Holy Spirit and to be in worship, which is really the essence of what it means to be a human being, to be in response to what God has done for us in giving us life. So we're glad that you can join us in this wonderful exercise. We invite you to fill out the friendship pads, which are in the pews, and pass those along, and we'd love for you to Note those uh, faces that you may not recognize and put name and face together and hopefully you'll enjoy some conversation afterward underneath the tree where there'll be opportunity for you to sign up for all sorts of things. So we encourage you to take a look at your bulletin carefully and find the many opportunities for you have to be in ministry and in service with us. We have our new members class today. So if you have been coming or even if this is your first Sunday here and would like to learn more about Church of the Palms, just go on, go on over to the chapel and they will receive you there at 1015 and uh, have a class and you can even join today if you so choose but we would be glad to have you there. We have an Easter egg hunt coming up in a couple of weeks on March the 24th, and we're uh, collecting uh, plastic eggs and candy, non-chocolate candy, it says. Ah, that's against my religion. Um, <laughs> but uh, we can also use a whole mess of volunteers, so if you'd like to learn more about how you can help this is a wonderful outreach to our community. We get lots of people onto our campus that would normally come. It gives us a chance to tell them about Church of the Palms and what we are doing and how they can be involved. So you, we would love to have you help us with that. So please, again, see some folks under the tree, and they would be glad to sign you up for uh, that great uh, morning. We are continuing in our generosity season, and perhaps you have not yet had the chance to hand in your pledge card. There are pledge cards available in your pews. We would love for you to let us know of what your intention is to be giving over the course of this next year as we make our plans and as we seek to move forward to support our mission partners throughout the world and our mission here at Church of the Palms. So we would love for you to uh, help us out with that. We are... Uh, grateful to uh, acknowledge 
a army of people that we have been uh, working with over the course of this past year in our Back to Basics Tutoring Ministry. Today we want to recognize our tutors, and if you look on page 9, you will see a list of 151 names, 151 tutors. That's an amazing army of people who are seeking to come side by side individually with students who are trying to figure out their math uh, subjects or social studies or reading. And I just tell you, it's one of the most amazing things to go into the campus center on Tuesdays and Thursdays and see just that wall-to-wall -wall of people seeking to support uh, individual children throughout our community. So, you tutors, stand up and let us recognize you. Come on, don't be humble. Come on, come on, yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Thank you, thank you so much. And Linda Evans, where's Linda Evans? Stand up there, Linda. Linda is the head of our tutoring ministry. Thank you so very much. We are so blessed to be able to reach this part of our community and so blessed with Linda's leadership. So we rejoice in that opportunity. Another opportunity that awaits you uh, is on July the 21st, which is our Day of Hope this year, and I would love to have Dottie Tao come forward, and she is going to share with us a minute for mission about this important day in the life of our church as we reach out to children uh, who need some help getting ready for school. So, Dottie. Good morning. I'm honored to be back, serving again as the chair for the seventh day of hope on Saturday, July 21st. We all know the real chair, however, is our Heavenly Father as he guides each of us to serve on this important local mission. And I am blessed to already have an amazing leadership team in place. After last Sunday's wonderful concert for children at risk and seeing the pictures of all those beautiful children, the why for Day of Hope could not be clearer. It breaks my heart to hear that right in our beautiful community, we have students coming to school hungry, in need of clothing and shoes, and lacking of essential tools to help them succeed. I know that most of you know about the Day of Hope and the importance of this green volunteer shirt. The wonderful pictures behind me tell the story of a church loving God, loving neighbor. This year we will serve 250 of the neediest children at risk and are prayerfully considering whether we can expand those numbers. Hope for Communities in its 10th year hopes to serve over 2,675 students. The, church, the Day of Hope provides all the essential school supplies and backpacks for students to be prepared equipped for success in the new school year. And if you refer to your bulletins, it'll list all the other services that we provide on this magical day. But perhaps one of the most precious gifts, again, is the opportunity to have these children and their families come into the campus of a warm and loving church where volunteers share Jesus's message of love and hope. The Day of Hope is by invitation only to students from our primary schools, Wilkinson Elementary, and Imagine at Palmer Ranch. 
I had the opportunity to meet on Friday with both schools. The principals and the counselors are so grateful for the Day of Hope and will be working closely with me to ensure that we are reaching out to the neediest of families. They also plan to all volunteer on the Day of Hope. They repeatedly stressed the incredible need of helping these children and families as they prepare for the new school year. Wilkinson, a Title I school, has 81% of children on the free lunch program. This is a why we do the Day of Hope. I'm coming to you early as this takes months of planning. We need your donations for purchasing of the school supplies in bulk through Hope for Communities. This enables us to maximize your generous gifts. Please be sure to designate Day of Hope on your contributions. It costs $100 per student to purchase all of the supplies and gift cards, and that's an incredible value. Also, Church of the Palms never stops working on Day of Hope. We continue with hope and assistance to our schools throughout the year when teachers call upon us to help out a family with specific needs or to restock supplies in January. We need your help by volunteering. It takes many hands and hearts. And myself and my leadership team will be under the tree starting next Sunday with volunteer registration forms. And importantly, please continue to pray for all children at risk. In closing, I want to share with you a handwritten note from last year's Day of Hope. A single young mother with four children came up to me asked for a piece of paper, and right there wrote this note. Thank you for this day. As a parent, sometimes you don't know where the next anything is going to come from. Thanks to your organization, hope is always there. And then she had all four of her children also write thank you. To me, this is the why for Day of Hope, and I appreciate your continued support. Thank you.
Let us prepare our hearts as we go to prayer. Our Father, lift us up into your presence. As we're assembled, may we listen for your word to us. We give grateful thanks for your sacrifice for us as you take this road to the cross. We give thanks for the life you've given and for the gifts that have come as a result. And as we individually and collectively ponder these things, gather us into a spirit of quiet in these moments, we pray. Help us to humble ourselves before you and reflect on the gifts that your sacrifice has given us. Perhaps that is difficult for some gathered here, those whose hearts are fluttered with emotions and prayers too difficult to speak. Help these, we pray, to understand that you know what is in their hearts that they cannot speak, that you know what our sighs, too deep for words, contain. May there be an awareness that you walk with all of us who are in the wilderness. You cry with us who mourn. You stand with those of us who feel alone, and you comfort those of us who struggle under burdens. And wonderfully, you also rejoice with our accomplishments and our successes. So we pray, Lord, that you'll come into the highly protected corners of our hearts and our minds. Grant us the courage to give to you what you find there, things too heavy for us to carry. Help us during this holy season to allow you to discipline and to change us by the spirit of our suffering Lord. Put us on a better path as we open our hearts and our hands to you in trust and help us to live into your word, to love others as you love us. Help us to find ways to bless our peace of the world. And speaking of the world, be with those in many corners of the globe who hope for the day when the swords might be turned into plowshares, when gunshots will be silenced, and when the terror will stop. We pray you'll be with those where people are abused, oppressed, neglected, where gunfire, protest, and killing snuff the lives of those you have created and those you love. We still pray that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Help us to accept and become agents for bringing heaven to our earth by our willingness to serve, to grant mercy when justice might feel better, to embrace the outsider, to love those with whom we disagree. We thank you, Lord, that we can express the joy of your Spirit's fruit as beacons of encouragement. And these and all our prayers we pray and ask in the name of the one who came, who sacrificed that we might have life and have it abundantly, the one Jesus, who has taught us as we share his prayer, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the, glo and the glory forever. Amen. Now we're going to ask our ushers to come forward and to lead us in the wonderful joy of giving.
friend before this day Let us pray. Lord, in your mercy and your gracious redemption of us, may we always be willing to yield all that we have, our words, our deeds, our resources, as a testimony to our commitment to you and for the praise and glory of your work in your kingdom. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. And now we're going to invite Lori to come down and the children to come forth. Good morning. So we are coming up on the Easter egg hunt, and I have to tell you why it's so important that we bring in eggs and we bring in candy and we actually volunteer at this event, and that is because our Palms preschool families who don't often go to our church, that might be in one time that they come here, and it gives us a touch with those young families. So if you are available to help, it's really a great ministry. Good morning. I have something in my bag that is a symbol of power and authority. Any guesses? 
You wear it on your head. It's often gold. You got to guess. A crown, smart. I like your bear. You are so smart. Who wears a crown? A king. A king wears the crown, and a queen also wears a crown, just saying. But you know what's interesting about a king is that no one votes for the king. The king is just born to be king. If you could be a king or a queen for one day, what do you think would be the best part of it? Think about that. What would be the best part? What do you think? Maybe we could have a pool party. Maybe you could have a pool party. You probably have the most outrageous pool party ever. I don't. Do you have? A, do you have an idea what you would do if you were king for the day? Buy an Xbox. Buy an Xbox. You would have all the money you need. That is um, a great wish. I hope you get your wish come true. <clears throat> I don't know if you guys saw The Lion King. Because it was like 20 years ago. Did you guys ever see that? Do you ever watch, like, you have, you like have heard of it? So little Simba, he was like the next guy to be king. And he says, I just can't wait to be king. And you know why? Because he wants to boss everybody around. And he wants to do everything his own way. And I don't think that Simba really got what it was like to really be a king. So our scripture passage today, Jesus is arrested and he's put on trial and they say, Jesus, are you the king? And Jesus says, you're right when you say that I am king because I was born for this. That's the reason I came into this world. But guess what? This isn't the kind of crown that Jesus wore. I want to show you a painting from Ozzy Romito. He is doing our Stations of the Cross on Good Friday, all of his paintings. Can you see that crown on his face, on his head? That's a crown of thorns. That is not a crown like I had on earlier, was it? And when we see that Jesus has that kind of crown on his head, you know what it means? It means he's a different kind of king. It means he's not a king for this world. It means that he was a king for the heavenly world. And the only reason he came to earth was that we could get to heaven with him. And guess what he taught us? By wearing this kind of crown, the most important thing to do is to serve others with great love. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, we thank you for sending your son. Lord, help us to be like him. Help us to serve others with great love. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
be seated. <clears throat> Speaking of crowns, I know that you all shared my excitement to see the Michigan Wolverines be crowned Big Ten champions last Sunday. So grateful for your sharing in my joy with that. So just a couple of days ago, we were given the green light to proceed with the grand opening of our Palm Center next door, hallelujah. And we cannot think of a better day to do that than on Palm Sunday, Palms Center on Palm Sunday, March 25th, two weeks from today, and we will be delighted to I welcome you at 5.30 on Palm Sunday afternoon, two weeks from today, Sunday afternoon, 5.30 to 7.30 will be a great time of celebration where you'll have the chance to tour the building, enjoy some good food. Uh, we'll have a little time of dedication around 6.15, and then we'll have activities for all ages after that, games, dancing, fun for kids and adults alike. So we hope that you will mark your calendar for March the 25th, 5.30 to 7.30, a big, big day in the life of our church. You're going to get a little card on your way out the door, and uh, you might want to take one, two, or three of these and hand them to some of your friends and tell them to come and join us uh, for that great time of celebration as we get a look at our brand new Palms Center. And by God's good grace and your great generosity, we have managed to get this far, this far, with our building without having to use our interim financing with the bank, our line of credit. We are just two years into our three-year campaign and we've managed to stay ahead of the construction bills with our own uh, cash, but now we're getting very, very close to begin drawing from that line of credit, which, would, which we would like to delay as long as possible to save interest costs. Thus, if you're in the position of completing your pledge early or accelerating your giving to the Open Palms campaign, or if you've yet to participate, we encourage you to do so uh, this month and that will help us to delay uh, for a month or two our going to the bank. So just write your check out the Church of the Palms. Be sure to put a note open palms on your check, and we will direct it to where it should be, or you, of course, can give online. So we rejoice with all these good things as we look forward to uh, our moving into the Palm Center. We uh, also want to uh, call your attention to a little note at the end of our service. Uh, we have a new benediction response, which we've been trying the last couple weeks, but we wanted to kind of give you a little encouragement in that. So Beth Hill will be uh, leading us in the first uh, uh, go-through of, um, of the benediction response, and then you'll be invited to join uh, our, as we sing it the second time after our service. So our scripture today is from John chapter 18, beginning at the 28th verse, and you may recall that last week we began to think about uh, when life pushes back, and last week we looked at our relationships and how sometimes when our relationships push back and what we are called to do in the midst of that. Today we're going to take a look at uh, when the powers and principalities of the world push back, and we are going to look at this interesting conversation between Jesus and Pilate as Jesus has been arrested and brought before uh, the Roman consul. So, 
Hear the word of God as it comes to us, beginning at the 28th verse of John chapter 18. Then they took Jesus from Caiaphas to Pilate's headquarters. It was early in the morning, and they themselves did not enter the headquarters so as to avoid ritual defilement and to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate went out to them and said, what accusation do you bring against this man? And they answered, well, if this man were not a criminal, we would not have handed him over to you. And Pilate said to them, well, take him yourselves and judge him according to your law. And the Jews replied, we're not permitted to put anyone to death. This was to fulfill what Jesus had said when he indicated the kind of death he was to die. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again and summoned Jesus and asked him, are you king of the Jews? And Jesus answered, do you ask this on your own or did others tell you about me? And Pilate replied, I'm not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? And Jesus answered, my kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. And Pilate said, so you are a king. And Jesus answered, you say that I'm a king. For this I was born and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth and everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice and Pilate asked him what is truth and after he had said this he went out to the Jews again and told them I find no case against him but you have a custom that I release someone for you at the Passover do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews and they shouted in reply not this man but Barabbas now Barabbas was abandoned. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. By your mercy and through your grace, we pray, O Lord, that you will allow these words to come to point to the word just read into the word made flesh in Jesus the Christ, for we pray this in his name. Amen. On October 12, 1947, a young Air Force captain was out riding his horse and got thrown. And the result was two broken ribs. He couldn't let anybody know that he had broken his ribs, so he went off base to a doctor to get taped up. He couldn't let anyone know that he had two broken ribs that were now taped because two days later he was scheduled to slip into the cockpit of an experimental rocket-powered plane, the Bell X-1. Nothing was going to keep Chuck Yeager from that cockpit and attempting to break the invisible sound barrier, which he did that day. And the world heard its first human sonic boom. Roger Bannister died last week. If you were alive back in 1954, then chances are you read his name on the front page of the newspaper that you were reading. Roger Bannister had gone where no man or woman had ever gone before, at least in the recorded human history. On May 6, 1954, Roger Bannister, a London medical student, worked his usual shift at St. Mary's Hospital, took an early afternoon train up to Oxford, had lunch with some old friends, met a couple of his teammates, made their way to an inauspicious track and prepared to run against Oxford. And on that day, Roger Bannister did what no other human being had ever done before. He broke the four-minute 
barrier. He ran the mile under four minutes. He had gone where billions of other human beings had only dreamed to go. He imagined that maybe someday someone would break that four-minute barrier. He imagined that maybe it could be him, and that day he did, and the next day his name was in every newspaper headline, a sonic boom. A year after Roger Bannister broke the four-minute barrier, a 42-year-old African-American citizen of Montgomery, Alabama, broke a barrier on a Montgomery City bus, the one that said, no coloreds here. Rosa Parks sat in the forward section of the rear of a Montgomery City bus and refused to give up her seat to a white man, and the country heard one of the first sonic booms of the Civil Rights Movement. Sometimes the most difficult barriers to break are the invisible ones. So when Jesus is nearing the end of his life and his ministry of compassion and grace and truth-telling are coming to a close because he's now getting the great pushback from the powers that be, he finds himself dragged before the local magistrate, Pontius Pilate, and the two get talking about kingdoms. Pilate is sitting in his praetorium, surrounded by all the kingdom trappings of imperial Rome. The imposing Roman eagle hovers above him just so there's no confusion as to who really is in control, who has the power, who is really the king. But Jesus speaks to him of a different kingdom, one that, that Pilate can't quite see, one that has this invisible barrier that Pilate cannot see in front of him. My kingdom, Jesus says, is not of this world. My, my kingdom doesn't have praetoriums and hovering eagles or thrones or palaces. From the very beginning, Jesus has been talking about this kingdom. From the first moment of his ministry, the first words out of his mouth are that his ministry is about the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of heaven, Jesus says, is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is right in front of you. The kingdom of heaven is this close, but there is this barrier, this invisible barrier that makes it difficult for us to enter. I suppose it's what C.S. Lewis was trying to portray when he tells that story of the little girl, Lucy, who's trying to find a good hiding spot in a hide-and-seek game with her siblings. So she crawls into an old wardrobe and, and makes her way through the coats, and she makes her way back to the wardrobe, and all of a sudden she finds herself in another world, a, a once invisible world, a world of fawns and talking animals and witches and kind lions, a world called Narnia. And she comes back and she tries to convince the others of where she's been, but they will have nothing of it. There is this barrier. They, they can't see or believe or imagine this other world. It's Ray Kinsella building a baseball field in the middle of his cornfield, his field of dreams, because he knows somehow that when he builds it, another world is going to open up and all the baseball greats of generations past will be able to come and play again, and only a few will be able to see this other world. Only those who believe, who imagine, who dream, and people will come, Ray, people will most definitely come because they will have heard your sonic boom. You will have broken the barrier. 
So it just takes one, right? It just takes one to show us that the barrier can be broken. It just takes one Chuck Yeager, one Roger Bannister, one Rosa Parks, one Lucy Pevensey, one Ray Kinsella to imagine that there is this other world out there that we can access, that we can enter if we are willing just to believe, to dream, to imagine. So Jesus walks from town to town in Palestine, and to anyone who's willing to listen, he says, follow me, and I will show you the kingdom. Follow me into the wardrobe, and I will show you another world, and in this other world, you will experience what the real life is all about. You will experience what it means to break through the barrier and to release the sonic boom of the kingdom. And that's the first step, right? That's the first step, to consciously follow the one who dares to break this barrier, to jump into the cockpit with Chuck Yeager, broken ribs and all, and take this ride into the unknown regions beyond sight and sound. Jesus says, follow me and I will show you the kingdom, the kingdom that is this close and yet for you is still this far away. And you cannot on your own see it. But when you follow me, Jesus says, you will discover more than you imagine. And so we surrender ourselves to Jesus and we put our life into his life and we say, take me, Jesus, to the kingdom. And so we learn about Jesus and we discover that Jesus boldly breaks down barriers into other people's lives. Jesus boldly breaks down barriers into other people's lives. The kingdom of heaven, Jesus says, is at hand, and he's anointed me to lead you to where it is. So follow me as I bring good news to the poor, proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim that all debts are forgiven. And when we hear Jesus say that, you begin then to see those barriers in your life, all those chasms we have created between ourselves and this world that we want to make invisible, the world of the poor and the captives and the oppressed and the guilty, and we begin to dream with Jesus of a world where there are no poor, where there are no oppressed, no captives, no blind, no want, no need, and Jesus sets us to imagining what might need to happen in order that the kingdom of heaven might become more visible. What barrier am I called to break down? Young William Wilberforce set out to pursue a career in law and politics in Great Britain in the late 18th century, but then at the age of 26 encountered the living Christ and knew that to follow him was to find a barrier to break through, and that's when he realized the chasm between him and the slaves who were being traded and imported from other lands, and so he knew that the kingdom was in those slaves. The kingdom was in setting free those captives, and so he surrendered his life to the abolition of slavery and the ending of the slave trade in England, sacrificing his life and health to bring to passage the Abolition Act of 1833. He died three days later, but not without having first entered the kingdom. 
for a large part of his life, Dietrich Bonhoeffer saw from the distance the struggle of his Jewish brothers and sisters and did very little about it. The anti-Semitism of his culture had been inbred in him in part, he later confessed, and when he set himself to radically follow the Savior, he knew there was this barrier that needed breaking, the one between him and the people of Israel, so he followed the master into the thick of the Nazi machine and got himself arrested, thrown into prison, and later executed. And along with the anxiety and the loneliness of a prison cell came this peace, this peace of the kingdom, this peace of having known he had done what was right. Bobby Kennedy was fond of quoting George Bernard Shaw, who wrote, some men see things as they are and say, why? Others dream things that never were and say, why not? Don't you wonder if that isn't a big part of what Jesus calls us to do, what he calls Pilate to do, what he calls his disciples to do, to ask the simple question, why not? Why not? That's the sonic boom question. Why not? Well, we, we've never done it that way. Why not? Well, you know, it's just the way the world is. The world's never going to change. Well, why not? Hunger, disease, poverty, violence, forces too big for any one person, no sense in standing up against it. Well, why not? They say that dreamers went to the moon long, long before Neil Armstrong. Don't you think it's what those Parkland students were trying to do? They're trying to dream of a world where first graders or high school students don't get mowed down by crazy people with semi-automatic weapons. It doesn't matter where you come out on the gun issue. It doesn't matter what you think the solution is. The point is dare to follow them in their dreaming. Dare we say, why not? Dare we do something at least that says we refuse to accept a world where innocent children are snuffed out in a classroom? Our Children at Risk concert last Sunday raised $5,500 to support the work of UNICEF and raised awareness for 600 people to the plight of children across our globe. And so there's this little chipping of the wall, the breaking of the barrier between ourselves and children whose worlds are so far away from our own world. And when we follow Jesus, we break down the divide and we enter into the soul of of another human being, and we find in that other human being the kingdom of heaven. Maybe that's what happens when a person says, I'm going to volunteer one day of my life to bring day of, a day of hope to some young student who doesn't have the resources, doesn't have the resources just to start the first day of school. And I'll contribute a few hours, I'll give some money, because I know that Jesus is trying to break down that divide between me and those children. And I know that Jesus tells me to let the little children come unto me, for to such belong the kingdom of heaven. So I know this young woman named Shannon. And I've known her since she was knee-high to a grasshopper. And she lives in suburban America. She grew up in suburban America. She attended my church up in New Jersey. And she did the typical American high school thing. You know, went to class, played sports, hung out with her friends. But then she and her family go to Tanzania for a little vacation, and she sees there 
the divide. She sees kids just like her who have virtually nothing, and she sees in particular they have no books. They have nothing to read, no books to read. So she comes home, and she says, this is unacceptable. And, and of course, there were folks who said to her, well, it's Tanzania. <laughs> it's Tanzania. You can't really do much about Tanzania. And Shannon said, why not? And so she started Shannon's After School Reading Exchange, SHARE, S-H-A-R-E, and she collected books and money, and long story short, through her high school years and a few trips back and forth to Tanzania, she established four libraries with a collection of 33,000 books, created reading programs, outfitted classrooms with computers, built a dining hall, and brought electricity to several schools, all because she asked the Jesus question, why not? Tom Monahan, founder of Domino's Pizza, was asked what the secret of the success was, and he said, the secret of my success is that I didn't know it couldn't be done. Some people see things as they are and say, why? Others dream things that never were and say, why not? Don't you wonder if there isn't some sonic boom left some barrier that we can bust apart. The kingdom, Jesus says, is this close. It's right here. You just, just have to believe. You have to imagine. You have to dream. You just have to move to the front of the bus. You just have to get into the, into the cockpit. And boom. Hill will sing our benediction response once and then we will join together following her singing. 
And now by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, rest and abide with you now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.